Hello everyone. I am back hosting one of our Mount Baker High School ASB podcasts. And today I have a super lovely guest. I'm here with Emma Geary. Hello. Um, Emma, do you want to give a little introduction for people listening? For sure. So like Caitlin said, my name is Emma Geary and I use she, her pronouns. I am the community engagement coordinator for Whatcom Family Community Network and the Mount Baker Community Coalition. So I have been working for the last couple of months helping Miss Clay facilitate the um, club One Baker Voice. And I also do a lot of outreach in the Mount Baker community through the coalition. Awesome. Um, So where did you go to high school? I went to high school um, at Linwood High School, which is in the Edmonds School District, about like half an hour north of Seattle, like really typical suburby area. Mm-hmm. So I bet coming to Baker, it's kind of a different atmosphere than over there. For sure. That's, I've noticed that just the, ex- the lived experience of students at Baker is even though for sure there were students at my high school who probably would relate have similar lived experience, just the overall kind of culture around the high school is really different. Um, We came from a really big school district. There were five other high schools. Um, My entire senior class was 400 students. Wow. About, you know, 300 to 400 students in each other class. Like it was a big school. Yeah. um, Which is super different than Baker. Yeah, for sure. Um, so where are you studying now and what are you studying? Yeah, so I am in my last year at Western Washington University. I am studying public health um, as my major and I also have a minor in sociology that I'm already completed with. So I'm in my last quarter right now of actual classes and I have one quarter left where I'll be doing an internship, which will essentially be my current job um, as community engagement coordinator for summer quarter 400 hours and then I will be graduated from my undergrad oh my goodness congratulations you're so close yes thank you it's nerve-wracking and exciting all at once I bet um so I feel like we kind of touched on this a little bit the coalition is how you came to Baker right Exactly. Yeah. So more kind of on that, the coalition got a grant called Drug Free Communities and it's a government sanctioned grant. So we got money from the government to you know, help the coalition with our mission to reduce use, substance use um, in the Mount Baker area. And we're doing that's basically the grant that brought me on that um, hired me, allowed the coalition to hire another person to help our coalition coordinator, Wei Lin. Um, And that is kind of like the greater mission of my work is just working and figuring out like, how do we lower use for youth? How do we reduce access to substances for youth and also help instill those positive skills and coping mechanisms so that people don't have to use substances. That's really awesome. I think that's super cool because, um, not a lot of people probably know kind of the background work that um, you have to do in college and stuff and just like what it's like kind of transitioning from being a student to actually um, impacting things in the real world. Yeah, and I feel like I'm still, I mean, I'm kind of in both worlds. I feel like I have my one foot in doing this work with the coalition and being at Baker and feeling like I'm kind of going into more real adult 
job, going after my passions. And then my other foot is still in the, well, I'm still a student and I'm still working on homework, you know, however many hours a week going Mm -hmm. to classes, like in between hours of work. Um, And it is kind of, that's, I guess, the the greatest part of the program at Western for Public Health, huge shout out, is that (laughs) they really prepare you well for public health post-college. And so that's the point of doing an internship your last quarter is that you're kind of getting introduced into what that world looks like or could look like for you post-grad, which a lot of programs were lucky that were pretty small. We have three professors and there are 15 other students in my cohort. So mm-hmm. it's pretty small and we that kind of allows us to do those internship type things and really prepare students well for, for that post-grad life going into adult work. Yeah, that sounds like a really awesome kind of unique situation to be in to get that much like one-on-one work mm-hmm, definitely so I would like to talk a little bit about your high school life kind of to introduce what led you into your college life and your current life so yeah, yeah we talked about where you went and um, in high school wh- what were you involved in like the main oh, things yeah, I, I did a lot. <laughs> I, um, I was a band student. I was in both the um, symphonic band and the jazz band. I played mm-hmm. baritone saxophone and clarinet. Ooh. Uh, I did that all four years. And I also, um, my senior year of high school, I was in ASB. I was our public relations coordinator. Um, I ran unopposed, but I still like to, you know, it was a good <laughs> experience, like running for that type of office. Yeah, you still um, earned your really role. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was also a part of a, uh, basically a club through the band and orchestra called Tri-M. And it's that type of, the type of club where it can exist at any school. Um, and my school decided to adopt it my freshman year. And um, through that club, we did a lot of community service. We mostly helped with like um, getting donations for food banks and like local food banks in our area. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the school stuff. But I also... I had a part-time job when I was in high school. I was a barista, and I also volunteered with a peer health education club called Teen Council, which is um, like a peer sex ed volunteer opportunity through Planned Parenthood. And that also exists here in Whatcom County through the Mount Baker Planned Parenthood, but I um, was a part of that in Snohomish County, where I grew up. Wow, that's, that's a lot of really good things. Yes, and I look back now and I don't know how I did it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like a lot of people kind of come out of high school, even with the pandemic, just wondering how we were able to balance all of that, especially getting back into it. It just feels like it's a lot more than it used to be. Oh, for sure. And I can't imagine, I mean, going through college and and this pandemic has been, you know, a whole experience, Mm -hmm. but... You know, high school, it, it's kind of amazing to, for me to look back and have the perspective of, of my future insight, essentially, to realize how much I was doing and all of that on top of just going to school. I don't yeah. think people, when you're kind of in it, you realize that just going to school and, you know, doing the best you can, going to class, going to homework without a pandemic, like, is already, you know, really tough. And there's a lot of things that play into our ability to succeed in school. And you layer a pandemic on top of that. I mean, I just <laughs> couldn't commend like Baker students enough for what 
you know, adapting to the new schedules and, you know, doing their best online. Like that is something when you're in high school, I, I don't know that I would have been equipped to, to deal with that until I was in college. So mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what it's like going through that now in high school. Yeah. Well, I can tell you it wasn't easy, but we made it. <laughs> yeah. We're almost there. Um, so with all of your involvement at school, what do you think had the biggest impact on getting where you are now? Yes, I would definitely say um, being in teen council had the biggest impact on my life in general thus far, mm-hmm. and especially in like what I wanted to major and study in in college. Um, so I did that program for three years from my sophomore year to my senior year. And even though, you know, it's based through Planned Parenthood and most of what we're talking about and teaching in classrooms is Um, comprehensive sex ed we're talking about birth control and stds and um, relationship dynamics like um what red flags look like in a relationship what green flags look like in a relationship Mm -hmm. when we were outside of those classrooms and actually just in our meetings you know we talked a lot about social issues like what's happening in the world um that might have been you know if there was an election year, like we were kind of talking about that and how that affects our work and, you know, what that means for different people. If it was, you know, Black Lives Matter, like that was a huge part because it kind of helped me realize the intersectionality of how all these areas come together and affect our personal and daily lives and also affect, you know, the world at large. And getting exposed to that in a really, like, positive, welcoming space where discussion was encouraged and, you know, not everyone had to agree, but we always, you know, spoke with respect and really tried to just understand the issues together. Um, That just made me, like, want to go deeper, basically. Mm -hmm. And when I got to college, deciding to go to public health, I'd actually wanted, I went into Western to study sociology, which is how I got my sociology minor. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And I kind of realized that as much as learning about like human dynamics is super interesting, which is mostly kind of what sociology is, just like understanding like how people work and, you know, how we get here um, in our like interpersonal relationships. I kind of realized that they're the more like education, like public health stuff was more of my drive. And you can really, I realized that you can impact social issues through public health and public health especially this last year, I feel like we've realized it's at the center of everything, right? Yes. Um, So I feel like that kind of evolved from just wanting to, you know, connect with people, you know, more about like how human relationships work to understanding that like health education and health safety and public safety, like impact a lot of these areas, like, in our society so that was kind of like the involvement of from what I did in high school to how I got to my major yeah that's super interesting and it's such a complex process that you don't really realize in the moment I feel like like everything just kind of starts adding on to each other and then eventually you become who you are (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) um so I would love to kind of rewind just a little bit because I loved what you said about um kind of having conversations and I feel like in a very small community like Baker has it's really awesome but sometimes having those types of conversations 
don't get the light that they should and just opening it up to different perspectives. So um, what you said about Black Lives Matter, I think is really relevant. And um, I was wondering if you could talk about any like misconceptions or any conversation starters that people at Baker can kind of be introduced to and start having those conversations with without um, starting that very political or um, kind of antagonistic argument, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess I think about it in, you know, the frame of my work at Whatcom Family and Community Network and in the Mount Baker Community Coalition, you know, we're not a political entity. We don't take one political side or really do anything that is directly tied to like an election. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do advocate for, you know, healthy and successful lives for youths. And I think that that's something as a community we agree upon is that we want, you know, better opportunity for kids. We want, you know, healthy options. We want kids to be able to like explore and be their best selves and do, you know, just the best that they can. And we want to provide that environment for kids to do the best they can and adults too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I see racism as a threat to people being able to live their best lives mm-hmm. um, and it's a threat to everyone's lives regardless if, if they're a person of color or not so I think my tip I guess would be is even though it may be difficult trying to find some form of common ground so I think that that is us wanting healthy successful lives for youth and agreeing that that is something we all want and we all want to strive for mm-hmm. and then we can start to consider how you know racism is a threat to that and you know Whatcom County recently in the last month had has actually declared racism as a public health crisis mm-hmm. which a lot of counties across Washington state and other states across the country are doing because we're recognizing that this is it's a threat to life as we know it it's a threat to people having the best opportunities it's a threat to health um, the way, you know, racism impacts people's ability to access health care um, or even go to school. Yeah. You know, those are all, like, connecting pieces. And if you take, I guess, the racism out of that equation for a second and just realize that there are things that are threatening people's education and their access to health care and their access to safe spaces to play and learn and be themselves, you know, that that's a problem. And racism is just another added layer that makes it even more difficult for some students or for some youth in our area. Yeah. So I think that, you know, it's very complicated and we we have to give ourselves room to make mistakes and ask questions and grow and just know that, you know, we're not going to solve racism or change someone's mind in a conversation. Um even though that might be what we want. I think when we go into conversations, hoping that someone changes their mind instead of hoping that someone just listens and, you know, takes something away, um, that can lead to more problems than than not. So that's kind of the short version, (laughs) which is not very short, uh, of how I kind of advise going into those, those conversations. Thank you. I think that's a very 
very well put summary of a very complex topic. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, even myself, someone who has, you know, experienced racism in my life and not nearly to the degree of what a black or indigenous person may be going through or even like a darker skinned Asian person than myself, mm-hmm. you know, not to that level probably, but you know, I'm not perfect. I'm still learning. I'm learning every day from, you know, people in my life, um, from my black and indigenous friends and colleagues. Like I'm not expecting myself to be perfect, but I do hold myself accountable. And I think that that's really important that we acknowledge when we do make mistakes and we actively try to learn and be better from those mistakes. Yeah. We used to talk, well, we still do talk a lot about integrity. And I feel like for students, at least, we associate the word integrity with just like school things, like you're not cheating on your test or you're not copying answers. But mm-hmm. it's it really impacts every aspect of our lives because integrity is just holding yourself accountable and that applies to super important situations like um, systemic racism and um healthy lives for our community and things like that so i think that's a really interesting and valuable perspective to bring yeah no i totally agree that integrity piece and it's hard to hold yourself accountable it's it can be uncomfortable especially if you know these are new conversations that we're having if if you have never had a conversation about black lives matter or systemic racism before you know this past year or even a couple years ago or even you know right now Mm -hmm. um it it can feel uncomfortable and that is something that is hard to sit in and it's still taking me practice to sit in being uncomfortable um but there's a difference between being in a growth zone that feels uncomfortable and being in like a danger zone where you feel threatened Mm -hmm. um and i think that it's important for us to try to be as in tune with ourselves as possible to recognize okay am i in a growth zone like i'm being challenged right now I feel a little uncomfortable but I still feel like I can keep going in this conversation versus I'm in a danger zone I need to take care of myself and get myself out of the situation those are in my mind very different and Mm -hmm. it's hard to know which one that you're in if you're having these conversations for the first time but I just advise trying to as difficult as it can be have that integrity and hold yourself in that growth zone as long as you can because eventually our comfort zone gets bigger and bigger as our growth zone gets bigger and bigger so the more we grow then the more we become comfortable with it and it just becomes you know everyday conversation or something that we feel like we have a good base of knowledge around and that's when it becomes easier mm-hmm Sweet. Well, I'm super glad that we were able to touch on that a little bit. I do have a couple more questions. Um, So I think we're wrapping up on a good point in this conversation. Um, And I think the takeaway about just finding places where you are comfortably uncomfortable is Mm -hmm. a really good thing for people to um, take away. So my next question, um, we've kind of talked about your college and current life and um, you explained what led you to where you are now and that's so awesome. Um, But like as of right now, 
with all of the factors that have contributed to your journey, um, what drives you the most? What are you like most passionate about? Mm, that's a good question. I feel like what kind of drives me to, you know, continue in this work of public health and to be working with the coalition and in my current job is, and as cheesy as it sounds, it is <laughs> the people that you meet mm-hmm. and the connections that you make in this area of work, I feel like. Especially, you know, that's what makes coalition work really special, I think, is the way that it brings community together. And you just meet people, you know, even in a closer community like Baker, people you might not have met otherwise, and you just get to hear, you know, different perspectives and different stories, and you see that, you see their joy and their love for community. And I think, I like to think of myself as an empathetic person and just seeing people like have fun and be joyful in like challenging work or in fun work like is so rewarding Mm -hmm. and I think especially in this past year where connection has been especially difficult and we're doing a lot of connection over zoom now which isn't you know the way that we like it to be but it is what it is yeah Um, the way that you know the resiliency of our communities to keep want like the fact that they want to connect um, and that they're doing everything they can to connect um, is so wonderful because it's really easy right now to choose not to and, and sometimes that can be a way to protect ourselves because the world is is tough right now and sometimes you need a break and you have to say I've been on Zoom for five hours today I cannot go to another <laughs> meeting and that is you know how we protect ourselves that is a line we need to establish as well but you know for when we do choose to show up and continue that connection like it's just it just fills your heart with so much like joy and love even mm-hmm. if you don't know these people super well because you know that they just want to be with people yeah i think the best part yeah just being surrounded by people who are passionate about something that they love i feel like it's kind of like a chain reaction like makes you passionate about whatever you're doing and the people next to you become more passionate and it's just like this great thing that just constantly happens yeah it's exactly like that okay so one last question before we get into a couple um more fun not that these weren't fun but just less (laughs) um connected to everything um so this last question can you share an important event or opportunity or something in your life that has impacted you, whether that's um, maybe something in high school that happened that led you to where you are now or something that you've gotten through, like an internship or something like that? Mm, yeah. Um, I think about, this is actually what I wrote my my college essay about to get into Western. Mm-hmm. Um during my last year of teen council, I went to, it was the first ever um, teen council summit. And it was where, you know, a couple, like two or three representatives from every teen council um, across the country. And there are 13 different counties across the country, I believe that teen council is in mm-hmm. as of 2017, it could be more now. Um, but at the time, it, yeah, we had about two or three representatives from each teen council across the country. We all met in DC. And we were there for three or four days getting prepared to go um, 
lobby to senators in Washington, D.C. And, you know, there was a lot of hard work and it was in the middle of July, so it was really hot and humid. <laughs> but, uh, Again, like the people that I met on that trip, I'm still friends with a lot of them. I'm connected with them in multiple ways through social media and other aspects. Um, but it really just kind of showed me like what like the bigger picture is, like mm-hmm. what the work is for and why, you know, public change and public policy and public health are so important. It really painted like that bigger picture for me and overall like it was really fun. It was the first time I'd ever been to DC and I got to go over my, um, I think it was my 17th birthday. So it was just oh, a awesome. kind of life changing event and it was so fun. I still, yeah, I have so many pictures and memories and I still think about that trip and it really was just, yeah, everything, even if it was such a short period of time, like three days, right? That all uh-huh. of this stuff happened um, and it just, still sticks out in my mind and that really yeah kind of again overall team council was what has like pushed me forward into my current work but that trip especially was just so wonderful yeah I think those kinds of memories are the most profound like no matter how short the time period is it's like what happens like the density of everything that you do in that short time period is just so meaningful oh yeah definitely Okay, so three quick-ish questions. We've only got a few minutes left before the podcast is going to shut us off. (laughs) um, What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? This question is always so hard because I don't have a great memory, I feel like. But I think... Gosh, this is not a direct quote, but... Bringing your most authentic self and not apologizing for it Uh and recognizing that there are some people who are going to love your full authentic self and those are the people you want to hold on to. And sometimes you'll be too much for people and that's okay because you are who you are and you should stick to your most authentic self as often as you can. That's really important and valuable, I think. Um, Okay. What is something you don't know a lot about, but you wish you did or you want to take the time to understand it better eventually? Oh, wow. Um, I'm trying to get into roller skating right now. Oh. <laughs> uh, I roller skated a lot as a kid, and it kind of had a resurgence on TikTok, like, last March. Uh-huh. Right? So, um, like, actually, the like, doing tricks and stuff, like, I, I know how to, like, set my skates on and start moving, mm-hmm. but just I don't know that's kind of what's on my mind is the weather's getting nicer I'm like oh I should try to go learn this trick like on my roller skates but that's where my mind's at is roller skating oh I love it I think roller skating should be a more I think it's an underrated mode of transportation personally oh absolutely (laughs) um okay this is the last question and I'm very curious about this one um, so if people don't know, Emma experience with, experiments with her hair color sometimes. I've seen it on your Instagram. You've gone through quite a couple and you rock every single one. Oh, thank you. Um, but what is the best hair color you've had? Or what is one that you want to try out? 
I think my favorite is I did like a bright orange like last November. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked it. It was very fiery, and though it wasn't maybe other people's favorite, <laughs> I really loved it. That's uh, awesome. But I've always wanted to do green, but I've just Ooh. never done it. Like, I know it's going to be like a, like a dark foresty green. Oh. Something more like Slytherin kind of vibe. Uh-huh. Um, but I know it's going to be really hard to get out, and I like to change my hair color pretty often, so mm-hmm. it would be a big commitment to go green. That's true. Maybe, like, when you're older, you know those old people that, like, rock hair colors? Like, oh, yeah. Like grandmas with purple hair? Oh, I will be the grandma with purple hair. <laughs> Absolutely. But maybe yours will be green. Maybe you'll just, like, end it with your dark green. There, yes, that will be the, the final hair transformation. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, well, Emma, that is all the questions I have for you. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Yeah, thank you for asking me to come on. It was really fun. Um, so that's all we have for everyone listening. Um, and yeah. I hope that you all stay tuned for our next episode when it comes out and we'll see you next time.